Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Gisela Faji from the Chinese Mutual Aid Association. Hi guys. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourselves? Doing okay. We, um, weirdly this morning I like had a weird, like I snoozed the alarm clock a couple times, or I think you did. And I was like, I need something that's just gonna wake me up. So we watched an episode of, we were talking about this already, um, uh, Black Mirror, specifically the like San Junipero episode. And just like, I don't know if anybody's watched it. I'm not gonna, we don't have to like talk about anything more than just the, just the emotional <laughs> impact that it's had on me. But I like was like crying and weepy and just like so, oh, it's so, and so beautiful. That's yeah. just, anyway, so that's kind of the mood I'm in this morning. How would you, how would you, what adjective would you give to that mood? What exactly? Well, because it's not, I'm not sad. It, it's just, like, beautiful and, like, happy and, like, but also this, like, really weird, because what that episode... Is, um, is it, like, bittersweet? Cut, no, because I don't think it's bitter. I think it's just, like, because there's a, a specific note that that episode hits, and kind of what, like, Black Mirror does generally, where it's, like, oh, y'all are trying to predict the future. Like, you're, <laughs> you're trying to, like, predict what humanity's actually gonna do, and so that... This is kind of, that's, that was kind of like, oh, this could actually potentially happen in a weird way at some point in, in humanity's existence, but also this is like the best version of it. <laughs> Cause like, it could be a lot worse, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and anyone that's not seen the episode now is like, I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. <laughs> but, um. So they were, was it, were they tears of joy then? I think so. Okay. I, but I also... Well, there's an especially so the the it deals with themes of like loss, <clears throat> and so I think mm-hmm. that and and kind of like finding yourself after loss and kind of love you know life and love after loss. Yeah. And so I think that anything dealing with loss always has that kind of twang of sadness to it. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, ultimately. At the end of the episode, you're like, yeah, but it's like, you know, you, but then you, the, the loss aspect stays with you. Yeah. And so it's like triumph, but also with like lingering, like, yeah. oh. There is definitely like joy mixed in. I think that that's definitely part of it, but it's also just very like. I think it's like overcoming obstacles and that, that's like the impression that it left me with, like. Hmm. I figured it out. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, this anyway. is going to be an intense episode. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But, um, well, today we are not here to talk about Black Mirror, mm-hmm. although apparently we need to. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're bonus here to, episode. Yeah. <laughs> bonus episode where Daniel and Maureen are like, let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are here to talk today about all of the cool stuff that the uh, CMAA is doing. Would you mind uh, talking to us a little bit about what y'all do? Sure, yeah. So, um, as you said, my name is Gisela Faji, and I uh, work at Chinese Mutual Aid Association, which is located on Argyle in Uptown. And um, we have been around since the early 80s. That's just like weird. <laughs> is that outside? Do you hear that? Like, I don't know what that is. Now it's gone. Whatever it is. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, we've been around since the early 80s, and we were um, opened on Argyle, which for anyone who's familiar with Uptown in that area knows that it's um, the Vietnamese area of Chicago. Um, so we were opened there as opposed to in Chinatown because uh, we were founded by Vietnamese refugees of ethnic Chinese descent. Oh. oh. And so already into our history, we've got this hybrid of cultures um, sort of built in. But in any case, we were founded as a social services agency um, to help uh, to help the Vietnamese and ethnic Chinese community from Vietnam to um, really uh, access support services upon uh, resettlement in the U.S. and in Chicago specifically. Um, we provide a variety of different services. So I am the manager of civics and community integration, um, which m means that I do a few different things. Uh, I manage a few of our adult programs, um, one of which is our second largest program, um, the adult education program. So we offer English as second language classes. Uh, we actually receive a fairly significant um, grant from the Illinois Community College Board um, for which we are the lead fiscal agent. And then wow. we subgrant that out to um, other partner agencies throughout the city of Chicago. Mm. So within CMAA and our partner agencies, we serve about 1,200 students annually, wow. um, adult learners, um, many of whom are at the very beginning levels of English and have goals um, as varied as obtaining citizenship or um, entering the workforce or even uh, retaining their current job, um, potentially accessing post-secondary education, um, learning English so that they can communicate with their doctor or with their children's teachers. Um, so, so that's the clientele that we work with. Uh, so I manage that program and those partnerships. Uh, we also have within adult education, citizenship education classes, computer literacy classes, um, financial literacy workshops as well. And then beyond that, I manage our workforce program. So we have an employment preparation and placement um, program in which we offer individualized counseling for clients who are interested um, or who are either unemployed or underemployed. So we work with uh, a lot of newly arrived immigrants and refugees, um, many of whom were perhaps professionals in their home countries and uh, are looking for long-term to potentially re-enter that mm. career, but in the short term are living in poverty and need a job yesterday. And so we help them with just very basic services in terms of resume preparation, mock interviews, um, applying for jobs. And then uh, we aim to coach them through that process and then offer follow-up services thereafter so that we can hopefully help them in the long term kind of achieve their goals. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I also manage... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, so I don't do any direct services. I just have 
the manager. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, so I also oversee the Citizenship and Immigration Legal Services Program. So we help people apply for naturalization and prepare for their exam. Wow. And then um, we also do a lot of family reunification cases as wow. well. That's me. Um, our biggest program is actually our in-home services program. So we have very robust senior programming. Um, we have a senior club, um, but then we also have this in-home services program, which is um, supported by the Illinois Department on Aging, and we employ homemakers to uh, go into clients' homes and help them essentially live in dignity so that uh, they don't need to go to a nursing home. Um, And so, yeah, we we employ homemakers who will go and and cook for our clients, um, who will help them get to their doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. um, And what makes us unique from a lot of these other services that offer similar or a lot of other organizations that offer similar services is that we obviously have the linguistic and cultural competencies. So we work with a lot of Chinese, Vietnamese, Tagalog speakers. Um, and then we, in addition to senior programming, we also have youth programming as well. Um, wow. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> so I have just a couple questions right off the bat but I guess less I have impressions that I hope will lead to questions okay. so um <clears throat> first of all um English as a second language classes as a native English speaker when I hear English as a second language my my impression is that means to an end is just like one stop like you know, I just like, I want to be fully fluent in English and I want to just like fully, you know, do this and that. I, I never thought that, <coughs> I never thought that, you know, folks would go into English as a second language with such targeted goals. So the thought of like, you know, going in because you want to, you know, adequately communicate with your doctor or, you know, go in to talk to your um, children's teachers, like the thought, I, and I'm, I guess I'm wondering, like within those individual goals, do the instructors work with the individual people who have those goals to focus on that type of, that type of vocabulary and you know, stuff like that? Yeah, and actually, to your point, I, I don't think that a lot of our clients that come into our classes initially ha- are able to articulate their goals in such a clear way. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people come into the program and yeah, they just want to speak English. Right. Yeah. Um, And we really work because we have metrics, obviously that we're the Illinois community college board and our other funders hold us, Mm -hmm. they hold us accountable to those metrics. And a lot of those metrics are um, goals related um, and also ensuring that clients are, moving um, to higher levels Mm. uh, so that clients aren't necessarily just stagnating. Um, In any case, so, yeah, our teachers, we do a lot of, particularly in the beginning of each each term, we do a lot of work with our students um, to really identify what some of those goals for each specific student um, 
what they are. You know, if a student has the goal of obtaining citizenship, um, then that's awesome. And we can also, in addition to having that student in English classes, we can refer him or her to citizenship education classes. We can refer him or her to our citizenship department where they can access um, uh, assistance in filling out the naturalization application. And also we help clients who are low income apply for fee waivers Mm. because the USCIS fee um, for applying for citizenship is often prohibitive. Um, for clients who have workforce-related goals, our adult education workforce programs work very closely together, and we actually have a transition specialist on wow. staff. And so her role is really to provide um, case management for those ESL students who do have goals of either obtaining post-secondary education, vocational training, or entering the workforce. Um, and so she meets with those students um, individually outside of class to develop um, employment training plans and then also to ensure that those students have access to adequate referrals and support services so that they can achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. So we're really, we, we really try to offer holistic and comprehensive services and, you know, our services aren't just uh they're not just one-offs yeah we really want to ensure that our clients do have the means to really succeed in whatever their goals are yeah and and so um if you know let's say that a person that you know that a potential client you know comes to the cmaa and expresses you know I just want to learn English or like, I guess, how does, how does an individual, um, start to take advantage of the services that y'all offer? Like, is it, you know, can a per, is it, what am I trying to ask here? Um, is the first step like a meeting with, you know, kind of like a placement specialist where they kind of like try to tailor a program to that person or is it kind of the initiative of the person enrolling to figure out programs for themselves or a combination of both? It's kind of a combination right now. I think I personally would love to see us have just like some case managers that are able to really offer those comprehensive, like a comprehensive screening in terms Mm -hmm. of like, what are all of the services that we offer or that nearby partner agencies offer that this client should be taking advantage of. Um, we don't really have the bandwidth for that right now. Right. Um, so it is really a combination of those things uh, where the onus does, to an extent, fall on the client to take initiative and come inquire, inquire and and kind of have an idea of what service he or she wants to take advantage of. From there, though, all of our staff is very well versed in all of our other programs and um all of our direct services staff really aims to ensure that clients are able um, to transition into other services as needed. Um, so we've kind of everyone, even our ESL instructors, access so- social workers um, just because that's the nature of the job, yeah. really. I mean, if you see someone who, I mean, I used to be an ESL teacher as well with other with a few other organiza- similar organizations and I mean you would have a client who um, is 
having trouble seeing the board or maybe like um can't really hear that well Mm. you know I've had clients come to me and kind of ask where they can get like where they can access hearing aids or where they can go to get glasses um things like that and um I think most of the people in this actually all of the people I would argue in this field are people who want to help and are there to help and so everyone ends up always going out of their way going above and beyond in terms of ensuring that clients access services and particularly within CMA we really do aim to not have our various programs operate in silos mm-hmm. yeah that's super that's super interesting to me and kind of like taps into a thought that's kind of been circling around in my head as we've been talking which is just the um you know, you kind of mentioned this in the origins of your organization, but the, you know, like we think a lot about when we talk with people about how their work is affected by the city in which they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in Chicago specifically, you know, you, we have such a unique thing where there is such rich uh, cultural exploration, for lack of a better way to put it. But like, um, it's it's specifically interesting with, uh, with Asian cultures, and this is something that I'm just kind of, that we're just kind of starting to understand in no way do I like want to sound like an expert on it, but from what it seems like is that there, as far as like American Western culture, building of structural things for like Asian cultures, it's very much like Chinese first and then like kind of like other, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think it's an interesting thing that you mentioned the nature of like because i from what i understand about like the like asian argyle um heritage and things like that like yes it is predominantly vietnamese but it also can be very much alike you know like we mentioned i mean, i know we talked about this a lot when we were doing like the filipino cultural concert mm. that we did um where it's where sometimes these these kind of spaces can kind of be like a catch-all um and and that's not entirely like the because the, the nature of my of the question I really am curious to ask you is like I'm 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 very curious about like the depth to which working in this field in a neighborhood like Uptown provides. Um, but yeah, I don't know why I went so in depth on the on the front end of that with with <laughs> specifically. I don't know. It's it's early. Um, but I, I guess my so my question for you really is like this having this neighborhood and like the unique situation in which it's per- positioned in Chicago neighborhoods. Um, you know, what has that kind of uniquely provided to the work that you do? Hmm. Well, I will say that this area in particular has been, at least in, in my experience, and I can't speak to, you know, the origins of CMA and when we first started, but um, th- this area, or at least the street, Argyle, mm-hmm. it is very much, is, is very proud of its history. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as such, I think that CMAA has really become this cornerstone um, of the community in terms of being able to um, provide these services to this community and then to also uh, be just a, a center, a true community mm-hmm. center for our constituents. Um, 
with the demographics of this neighborhood changing, I think there's also just a lot of interest in the work that we do. And so we really have been over the past few years thinking about, well, how do we engage not just our traditional constituents, but how do we engage the community at large? and the people who are moving into the community or even like second, you know, second generation, mm-hmm. third generation um, immigrants, you know, what, what do we do to keep them engaged in our in our community? And so we've been really um, thinking about that, um, which has also just provided a really interesting experience. You know, I've worked at a number of different community based organizations, and I think that CMA, well, CMA is the largest CBO that I've worked with, but also, in a way, the most that's truly community oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other organizations that I've worked at or with um, really focus just on their constituents, um, that particular ethnic group, and uh, doing a very noble service in terms of really ensuring that that group has access to the services that they offer. But CMA really seeks to engage the larger community. So we've, you know, on Giving Tuesday, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, we've been having open houses for the past few years. And that's just an opportunity for people walking down the street mm-hmm. who see our um, who see our window. We have like huge decals on our windows that show um i don't know if you guys have ever walked past cma but it's just like these huge decals that show all the work that we do and have photos of our clients and so people have often walked past and said well i always see you guys on argyle but i don't know what you do so having an opportunity to invite people in um you know we were maureen you and i were kind of talking just very briefly earlier you mentioned lunar new year which Mm -hmm. is coming up um in a few weeks and the whole area um will be doing like parades and there will be lots of festivities going on for lunar new year cma does a lunar new year event usually at truman college um in which we invite the community at large our constituents and and other um people affiliated with our organization and we usually have about around 400 people attend and we have we provide lunch for everyone there we we do booths and activities related to our services we usually particularly since this is an election year have elected officials and other dignitaries come and um sort of do meet and greets with our constituents so do that um recently we hosted there's an organization in the neighborhood called pivot arts yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with I've them. heard of Pivot Arts. Yeah. Um, so they did, uh, uh, they received a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts this past summer to do a site-specific um, play in Uptown along Argyle. Their idea was to do um, some sort of site-specific play around the refugee experience in this neighborhood since this neighborhood has been um, this area in Chicago that is so well known uh, for for hosting refugees. It's been a like landing dock for them. Um, so 
they ended up partnering with us and um, ended up doing the site-specific piece based off of interviews that they had done with some of our staff as well as with some of our clients just about what that experience was like um, leaving your home country and coming to the U.S. and just some of the obstacles in integrating to the U.S. Um, and so that show, and so yeah, and then they had actors, you know, they they took those interviews and used it to inform the play itself, and they had actors um, that then went through this experiential piece where they took you throughout our organization mm. and oh, wow. enacted different aspects of the um, resettlement experience from uh, from going through cultural orientation in uh, the country from which you're coming and then landing in the U.S., filling out, like, kind of the, going through some of the bureaucratic, uh, the bureaucratic uh, things that you would maybe have to do, um, you know, and filling out tons of paperwork, not really understanding the language, um, and, and yeah, and so that was a really, it's, it's a really awesome play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really cool experience. Um, as a theater goer, but then also to just um, from CMAA, like being able to participate in something like that and being able again to just engage a different demographic, yeah, um, other than our constituents. So, um, oh, and one thing, Daniel, when you were talking, just kind of about the different demographics of um, of like Asia on Argyle, I did actually want to say that, yeah, we serve a lot of Vietnamese and Chinese too, but this area, as you know, is so, so, so diverse that in terms of our constituency, we see a lot of also Eastern Europeans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we see a lot of um, Sub-Saharan Africans and East Africans, and actually in our workforce program, the... um, in our workforce program, we see mostly Eritreans and Ethiopians. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so we're Chinese Mutual Aid Association, but like I said earlier, we have sort of this hybrid of cultures built into our mission. And as Uptown continues to diversify, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really... Well, that's are serving of, everybody. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's such an interesting thought because I think that's something that we're, as a society, kind of talking around. And it's mm-hmm. great to see. I, I think that direct action in a lot of ways is the way that we're going to see the change that we all believe in. Because I think that there, it's, it's like not a hard thing to believe that an organization can both have an emphasis on the uh, culture in which they were founded on, but also do very diverse work and community-based work. And, like, that's something that I think that Chicago has in spades, is just people Mm. listening to their communities. I mean, like, of course, there could be more of that in in so many different areas, but, um, but that's always the impression that I've got, just generally, with the work that's going on, especially in Uptown, especially in, like, diverse neighborhoods, like... More south side neighborhoods, I think, probably is the the reference that I'm choosing to make right now. But um, 
Yeah, I, well, I'm not gearing. I'm not winding up to a question. I'm so sorry. Do you have a, a, a better question? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a left turn. Sure. Because I, I've got I've got a couple of questions just kind of like lined up. Good. Um, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess I'm wondering, we were talking about Lunar New Year yeah. earlier. I'm wondering um, what kind of, like, let's say that somebody wants to experience Lunar New Year in Asia on Argyle. Mm. Um, do you know, like, first of all, like, when is it? And like, <laughs> <laughs> just like base level, yeah. when is it? Um, and then also <laughs> like, um, like, you know, if you are the... neighboring businesses going to be participating you know and also i am curious so you work a lot with the individual so first i'd love to hear about lunar new year on the street but i'm also interested in um you know you work very closely with individuals i'm wondering if you could speak to the relationship that you have with the businesses on the street because you know, there are so many businesses like Cafe Huang mm-hmm. that is your neighbor that have been there for years. And so, um, yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to hear about, you know, relationships fostered between all these different businesses. Yeah. Um, so Lunar New Year is on Friday, February 16th. Um, that is the actual holiday. It's the year of the dog, which I'm not entirely sure what the significance is. Um, But yeah, so February 16th, I think a lot of businesses in Argyle will be closed for that time. Okay. So actually the celebrations on Argyle are going to be taking place on the following weekend. So February 24th. Okay. um, Just because I know that a lot of people will be celebrating during the weekend of the 16th with their families. So um, on the 24th, I know that a few different organizations will probably be having sort of activities for their constituents, but typically in the afternoon, they're the aldermen and um, a number of other businesses and cultural organizations will have a parade that will go all around Argyle, so that's fun. Um, And then, like I said, we have our Lunar New Year event, which is open to the public, too. It's at Truman College. Um, It usually takes place around around 11 o'clock. And like I said... PM, right? No, No, AM. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and, and, and so... And so there's that. To, to ask, to answer your question about businesses, um, yes, we do have a really, we do have really robust relationships with the businesses along Argyle. In fact, um, so your previous guest, Vitali, who uh, connected us mm-hmm. together, um, so, so he works at Uptown United, and I know him through his work there um, at Uptown United and at the Chamber of commerce and we have um we work pretty extensively with them to um, ensure that they are connected to a lot of the businesses on argyle so we have a few different staff members who um, are just community leaders um i'm thinking of one who's in our employment program uh, his name is tom Nguyen. he's been uh part of the community for 
such a long time. I mean, I mean, and not just part of the community, a community leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he worked with Vietnamese Association uh, before working with us. Uh, there's a mural of him on Argyle. Really? Um, yeah. And so he knows all of the business owners. Um, he uh, is on Uptown United's board too because he is sort of that link between the Chamber of Commerce and a lot of the Vietnamese owners who maybe don't feel comfortable, the Vietnamese owners of businesses on Argyle who maybe don't feel comfortable um, or, or, or aren't aware of some of the services that maybe the Chamber of Commerce can offer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim really provides that linkage. So we do have lots of good relations. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so on a personal level, what is, so, you know, it's your lunch break. Where are you going to go eat on Argyle? Um, so, okay, so this is not a what is my favorite restaurant, although it kind of is hand in hand. Yeah, so I guess, I, like, so, like, what is your favorite and then what's your go-to? Okay, well, okay, I was going to say, like, favorite is, I'm glad this is not my favorite. Yeah. Because, or I'm glad this question is not what is your favorite because yeah. that would be way too hard. There's so <laughs> many, so many good restaurants. Um but one of my favorites for certain is also my go-to, which is Cafe Huang, which yeah. is also right next door. So <laughs> super convenient. Um, yeah, we all eat at Cafe Huang a lot of the time. <laughs> like my, my boss, our executive director, is in Cafe Huang almost every single day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, our landlord is also the same person, too. Oh, really? So we have a really good relationship with them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I've never... This is ridiculous because I work for their daughters. Yeah, I've never been to Cafe Huang. What? I don't know. I don't know what's stopping me. I no, should, I should go today. My. <laughs> I'm Do some... you want to go today? Yeah, I will go gladly today. go today. Yeah, go yeah today. that sounds fun. Cool. Yeah, you should. Abs- I might see you there too. Yeah, great. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my so my family's from Philadelphia. My mom came into town um, this summer, and the first place I brought her was Cafe Huang. Oh I was like, God. you got to see the place where I eat my lunch <laughs> most of the time. And she loved it, but yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, Cafe Huang's great. Uh, I like Pho 777, too. Mm. Um, See, our Pho place, we like Pho 888. Mm. <laughs> mm. I, I, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Pho 888 because Pho 777 is right before it. Yeah. I always get stopped right. beforehand. <laughs> That's, that's honestly why we've never been to 777 because 888 is, is <laughs> I know. Oh, but but aside from Vietnamese food, too, one of my other favorite places is Sean Restaurant. Have you been mm. to Sean? It's on Sheridan. It's at, like, Sheridan and Winona, I want to say. Cool. Um, and it's in, there's, like, a little strip mall. Okay. Mm. Um, and there's a grocer and Sean restaurant and they serve Indian food and it's where a lot of like I think the taxi cab drivers hang Mm -hmm. out um and so you know it's good it's (laughs) so 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 good that sounds like uh have you ever been to Garib Nawaz yes yeah yeah that's also a big that was a big when I first moved here I lived right around the corner from there and it was like loved that yeah I have a number of um 
Nepali co-workers too cool. who also swear by Sean restaurant and mm. just would go take their tea there and it's so so good cannot awesome. recommend that and then there's also um, Kigolani which is just opened up a few months ago cool. maybe not a few months ago it might have been a year now uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep my months straight but that's on Sheridan closer to Argyle and they do Oaxacan food mm. yeah it's so I mean so Maureen just made this face yeah for those at home yeah uh, so um I'm obsessed with Oaxacan coffee um and because like it's so so smooth but like really packs a punch in terms of flavor and so the idea of Oaxacan food yeah and so they're only open during the weekdays for dinner okay I think during the weekends they're open for brunch as well but I think they're still doing this, but on Thursdays, they were opening in the morning, too, and they were selling hot chocolate and oh tamales. God. Oh, my God. So you could go in and get breakfast. Oh, my nice. God. Yes. Hot chocolate and tamales might be my dream breakfast. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, that, sounds, <laughs> yeah. that is, like, pretty you, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, that's... Oh. Yeah, this is... I mean, I am so grateful to work on this in this area because Mm -hmm. there is no dearth of great food honestly and you just like what i love about it is that generally speaking you enter a doorway and you're going to be greeted by amazing food yes (laughs) and and that's why you know and i can completely relate like there's it's so hard to just like pinpoint your favorite because like then you always think about oh well but then there's this other place yeah. that has just so like a completely different vibe and like I mean I love ballet mm-hmm. because you can get like all of the like tapioca stuff and their mm-hmm. banh mi is amazing and then there's tank noodle with the like which is just incredible like there we always get their coconut curry soup mm. yeah at this point we basically just always get the same thing because they do this really we're both vegan as the thing okay um so they do this really good like taro tofu uh curry coconut noodle soup that oh is my just oh that like, sounds delicious it's amazing yeah. well because it hits the right like it does the right thing that you want when you're vegan you don't want just like oh here's a, a like fake burger this is like exactly what you <laughs> were eating before and it's like and, and actually not exactly it's like a, a fake imitation but yeah. that is like uniquely interesting the way mm-hmm. that they do it and i i tend to love that's something that i love about um cultural foods vegan option is that they tend to do that where they're where they're it's they get that it's not about like they want to figure out a way to make it just a good dish mm-hmm. which i think is like something it's not about like cobbling like. together and trying to imitate a dish that you can't eat yeah it's about creating something new. yeah yeah um and then I actually have another uh, unrelated to food. Um, so, you, so um, which breaks my heart, but because I love talking about food. But um, I'm interested, like, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, working with so many people and, you know, right now you have 1,200 students and I'm sure that that number has turned over so many times. Mm-hmm. And, like, in terms of, like, a success story, what comes to mind? Like, what's been, like, your favorite like story of somebody who's come in and like then gone out and just totally kicked ass oh man um 
we've I don't know we've had so many so many amazing clients um (laughs) but yeah so off the top of my head um we have this one client who is um who is Ethiopian Oromo and he was an asylum seeker and he came to us think right around the time that I first started at CMA which was three three and a half years ago um his name was Genna and he was just the most gentle kindest person um and he started off in one of our lowest level English classes he had just arrived in in the U.S. in the neighborhood and he um was needed to learn English um and he was such a dedicated student and he ended up progressing through our entire like through all of our courses um over the course of a year and a half maybe wow yeah he was just very a very diligent student um and somebody who actually to our conversation earlier he was somebody who came in and did actually have very clear goals which is why he was able to progress and why he was so diligent in his studies. Um, But he needed to work. Um, He was an asylum seeker, so while he he was waiting for um, that to go through, I mean, he couldn't work. There were were a lot of barriers to him. Um, But he was very diligent and um, ended up, I mean, was very, very, very communicative in English. Um, you know, I flu like he wasn't fluent in English in the way that maybe you or I would would think of, mm-hmm. but he was very communicative. Um, and then he ended up also seeking services in our workforce program, and we were able to um, get him. Um, get him a part-time job at Mariano's that then uh, eventually um, blossomed into a full-time job. He eventually left the state, though. Um, He moved to Kansas, which was such a great loss for all of us. But Mm -hmm. he was just a really lovely student and someone who was just uh, such a hard worker and just such a great person. That's so cool. Yeah. We've also seen so many other... I can think of a number of other stories, too, particularly in our workforce program, or our ESL and workforce programs, because they tend to go hand in hand. But um, just, like, uh, thinking of another woman that we saw who um, was also in our ESL classes who uh, was at... Her husband was working and then she had been at home I think taking care of her children for a few years but needed to and they needed to have two incomes but they couldn't afford child care so mm-hmm. she had to stay at home oh. um, so finally when her children were in school she was able to look for another job and we helped her find a, a job at a hotel and um, she ended up 
uh, we were laughing with her because she's now making more than her husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. But stuff like that, yeah. Oh, and then, like, typically, um, has it ever happened that a former student has come to then, like, provide some kind of service for the the association yeah so we've um yeah so in terms of students and also i'm thinking too of just clients in general um we've had a number of clients who've received a service and then have like come back to volunteer we had um a woman in our yeah uh not esl our workforce program who we recently placed in a customer service job and she um reached out to us to ask about potentially volunteering um she's not she was an unemployed member of the community low income but she was a native english speaker so she wanted to help tutor english oh cool um but yeah actually we've had like we also have a number of employees who like received our services at a certain point like Mm -hmm. we have um uh, our manager of in-home of the in-home services program actually used to when she was a kid come to our youth program and we have another program um, within our youth program that is called young women warriors which is a mentorship program for adolescent um adolescent mm-hmm. women cool uh adolescent girls who are you know first or second generation Americans and and so she was part of that program and uh, eventually came back and has been working as the manager of this program we have another um, employee in our youth program too who also was part of that program growing up and so we definitely have a community that um of stays within our community you know mm. it, it is it's just a community it's like i said earlier it's not a one-off um so it's, we've really built this larger really i think beautiful thing cool so if um if somebody is listening and wants to get involved with you know providing help you know mm-hmm. with any of the services that you offer or just like get involved <clears throat> you know, at any, you know, in any kind of volunteer opportunity, um, what can, what options are there for people who want to volunteer? So for volunteer, um, for volunteer work, there's a few different options. Um, first of all, we have a very robust, uh, English tutoring program. So for clients who maybe have less flexible schedules, who can't commit to classes, who maybe fall outside of the English levels that we offer. We offer one-on-one or small group tutoring. Um, So we always welcome people who are interested in volunteering in that capacity. Um, It's usually for one to two hour commitment a week and Mm -hmm. you're you're um, matched with a tutor, uh, you're matched as a tutor, you're matched with a student, um, and you work with that student consistently. So that's nice because you hopefully will get to see that student grow and reach his or her goals. Um, we also provide training. 
for tutors mm. as well. So you don't need to have any experience. Um, and so th there's that. We also welcome tutors in our youth program. Um, so we have for K through um, kindergarten, middle school, or elementary, middle school, high school, and some high school too, we have after school programming. So we welcome like people who are available to um, tutor maybe in the late afternoon, early evening, um, help with homework, yeah. their kids. Cool. Um, and then also special events. We always have a need for volunteers during special events, um, like with our Lunar New Year. Yeah. Um, with oh we have early voting coming up since great cool um, yeah. since this is an election year um and that's super important especially like that's something that we've been that we i want to figure out a way to talk about more yeah is voter disenfranchisement because it's like that's such a huge issue like in especially in a lot of the states that i mean mm -hmm. you know we have a, a few ties to like wisconsin so and we we're we, we followed it for, during 2016 and want to follow it like a lot more extensively going into 2018 yeah um but that's such a huge like battleground right now yeah we do early voting um events f leading up to all of the elections and mm -hmm. so we do a lot of voter education within our organization voter registration as well um and then we will usually um coordinate with Truman College cool. uh, which is our nearest early voting site to then um, do early voting so we have staff members who can speak a variety of different languages come out and help with interpretation um, we try to make it like a fun atmosphere we do like silly photos and have like posters and stickers and um, and yeah just try to make it a party and try to like get our community out to vote Cool. Um, so yeah, so, you know, uh, helping out. So in terms of volunteers, uh, events like Lunar New Year, early voting, um, our open house, which I mentioned earlier, we have, um, an annual gala that usually happens in the fall. So we're always looking for people to help out in a variety of different ways. Um, if you're interested, you could come to our organization, uh, which is at 1016 West Argyle Street, um, right off of the Argyle Red Line. Or uh, if you go to our website, um, ChineseMutualAid.org, there is some information about volunteering there as well. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, we have a few minutes left. Um, so one of the last things we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes that can be uh, very obvious or even redundant, <laughs> um, but that's okay, uh, because we also love hearing about um, other folks that you maybe want to shout out that are doing dope work, or it can be um, just things that you've consumed recently that you recommend, like uh, food, <laughs> um, like movies, TV shows, books, music, stuff like that. Hmm. Um... Okay. So, okay. So, um, I, I'll give a plug for something upcoming at CMA because cool. I've been talking about CMA. Nice. Um, and then if we have time, I can maybe go into some personal stuff. But, um, yeah. So for, for CMA, I 
one thing that I would just like that we didn't get to talk about is is the fact that we've also um, recently fairly recently uh, expanded it into the suburbs as well. So oh, yeah. as you know, this area is changing a lot, um, has been changing a lot. Uh, a lot of our clients are, we have clients that are still in the area, but we have a lot of clients that are also moving out to the Collar counties as well. Mm-hmm. So we recently in partnership with the Lao American Organization of Elgin, um, started collaborating and have a site out there in Elgin um, to offer services and I guess it's not that recent we started this collaboration about two two or three years ago um but we recently started offering ESL services out there as well and so we're really also focusing on um you know obviously keeping the Chicago site but also expanding our services out there so that we can reach that community um and then also just in i'm an avid reader and so kind of similar to what we've been discussing in terms of the asia on argyle and immigrant communities um i'll recommend two books that i read within the past six months one of which is um poetry uh by ocean vong uh night sky with exit wounds uh which is just a lovely book about his experience growing up in the u.s um as part of the vietnamese american diaspora and just um sort of the lingering legacy and and of of that war Mm -hmm. um in that community and then on a similar note um i also read a book that came out a few years ago called she weeps each time uh she weeps each time you're born by amy kwan barry who is a poet but this is a novel and it deals with very similar themes um in terms of the vietnamese american diaspora and follows a young woman who was born during the vietnamese war in vietnam um and she is born to a a woman who is recently deceased and it takes on this form of magical realism as we follow this young woman who maybe has some kind of mystical powers as she grows up in Vietnam during the war and post-war and also deals with just sort of the the legacy of, of the violence um, of that time and how that kind of is ingrained in that collective memory. So those are two books that I would recommend. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. Love book recs. Book recs are the best. I love book recs too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to give them. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to over at Scopy Mag, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. The first is to head to our website. That is scopymag.com. That's where we post all of our articles all of our podcasts, everything good content-related, Scappy-wise. Check that out. Uh, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media, on Facebook, that is Scappy Magazine, on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts, that is Scappy Mag. And we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything 
that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com and go to our donate section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First of all, you could do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, then I messed up the end of this pitch. Otherwise, for as little as $5 a month, you can support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media. Um, if you're interested in giving on a higher level or in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.